When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you stuck in an abusive relationship? Or is there one from your past that you just can't get over? Well, I'm going to show you how an abusive relationship is actually a gift. I know that sounds tough to believe, but I think by the end of this show, you're going to find out. Yeah, there's a lot of gift to it. Now, before I get started, I want to say if if you have been abused or your relationship is abusive, I don't condone it. It's not okay. I'm not saying that you should accept that behavior. And especially if you're in one, I urge you, one, reach out to a hotline, put a plan in place to get yourself protected and get out of it. I've done shows on this in the past, exactly how to leave an abusive relationship. If you're in one, please go to my YouTube channel and uh, search for that because I've laid out a whole plan on exactly how you exit one safely because they can be very scary to leave. But... So I just want that caveat that I don't condone this, but I do want to show you that relationships, every single relationship is a gift, whether it's good or bad. Every choice we make in life is good, even the bad ones. And here's why. It goes back to the worst day cycle that I discovered that I talk about in my book um, that I now teach in my emotional mastery courses is Because of unhealed trauma, we repeat these traumas against ourselves as adults. It's the only way we know how to get our power back. And nobody's taught us how this works or that that's exactly what we're doing. So I'm going to use a lot of examples. And hopefully you see your own life history in these examples. So you too can walk away going, God, he's right. There is a gift in this. Don't condone it. But there's a gift. Now, to do that, I have to tell you a little bit about how the cycle works, okay? And why you're stuck in that abusive relationship. Now, the first thing that happens is all of us have been through trauma in childhood. It's unavoidable. Even if your parents didn't listen to you, rolled your eyes, in that moment, we lost our inherent power. And here's why we have two needs as a species. The first one is attachment. We must physically and emotionally attach to another human being or we'll die. The second is our authenticity, the pursuit of who we're really meant to be. Well, when our parents are perfectly imperfect and they hurt us and shame us, in that moment, that's trauma. Well, we have a decision to make. We can argue it and fight it, but we're too young. We don't have the emotional development, the intellectual development to really pursue our authenticity. We know it's wrong. So in that moment, we have to deny the truth. We have to accept that this behavior and this treatment is okay. Well, that creates the loss of self, the loss of our authenticity. It also creates a massive chemical addiction in our brain and body. Now, the reason this is important is the way our brain works. See, our brain doesn't know right from wrong. What it knows is known versus unknown. And the reason for that is it takes tremendous energy for our brain to work. It's constantly trying not to work. And here's its solution. It repeats what it knows. And since we all suffered trauma in childhood, and since nobody talks about it, 
most people are completely unaware. I sit across from clients who come into my office. Childhood was great. Ask two questions or even as they're explaining their childhood, they'll talk about abuse, addiction, divorce, all these normal things. And they've just minimized it, suppressed it, repressed it and condoned it going, oh, yeah, it's not a big deal. It doesn't affect me. Oh, it does. All of it. I mean, behavioral science shows we become our childhood. And so if any aspect of your life isn't working, it's because of unhealed trauma in your childhood. Like, that's just it. I, I, well, I was going to say something. I'll get to that in a minute. But getting back to the cycles. So because our brain it takes so much energy to work, it seeks to repeat what it knows. And what did it get learned in childhood? Our parents' perfect imperfections, those moments when they hurt us. Some are more severe than others. Well, I would argue they're all severe. Even the rolling of the eyes, that shame moment is just as severe as a corporal punishment, slapping or abuse, sexual abuse, all of it. They're all devastating to us. Okay, well, that creates a fear response. I, I'm not going to go through the details of, you know, the full details of the cycle. But that fear response become conditioned in us. And we it sends us into stage three, which is shame. And this is where it's important. In shame, because that's what was placed into us. The only way we know how to heal it, or not even heal it, address it as adult, is to repeat it. Okay, so and here's why. In that moment when the trauma happened, we lost our inherent power. It was taken from us. We couldn't do anything because we needed attachment to survive. So look what we do as adults. See, as an adult, we're responsible for our choices. As a kid, we're not. They decide everything for us. But we decide our career, our hobbies, our friends, our relationships, everything. And so we have picked this person. We can't outrun that. We can all say, oh, well, I didn't know they were abusive. But see, because we've never done the trauma work, our brain will seek it out. I could put you in a room with 20,000 people, all of them. None of them would be abusers, just one. And like radar, you'd come out and go, God, they're all attractive, make money. But there's something about this one because our brain and body is addicted to seek, to repeat what it knows. And that's how we get our power back because now I've chosen it. I've chosen to do the victimization on myself. I know that like that feels insulting and, and that's not my goal. Most of this is a subconscious process. I mean, look at the proof of it. Like I did a video on this a long time ago. Look at what happens in riots. We're mad at the police or the government and we destroy our own neighborhood. We victimize ourselves. How do we celebrate as a culture? Win an event, get a raise or promotion. We get drunk, stoned, overeat. We destroy ourselves. We victimize ourselves. We all do in every area of our life. And that's what we're doing in this relationship. We have chosen this person. Now, here's the gift. We're choosing this abuse to show us that we need to go back and heal the cycle, the trauma, the fear, the shame and denial. It's a gift. It's showing us, my God, you're repeating it. You're repeating it against yourself. Please Go back and do the work and heal yourself. Gain emotional mastery. Overcome the worst day cycle so that you don't repeat this. Learn the emotional mastery skills to create a new emotional chemical addiction that works for you, not against you. That's if your career is off, if your relationship is off, any aspect of your life, that's it. You're stuck in the worst day cycle. You're re-victimizing yourself. You're doing it to scream at you the trauma that you haven't addressed and how to heal it. Now, 
That's a very cursory overview of the cycle. If you want to know it more, pick up my book, Your Journey to Success. I go into great detail and you'll see, oh my God, he's right. Every aspect. And it's not an opinion. It's it's science-based. I prove it. With modern neuroscience, this is what everybody does. I can sit with anyone in less than 10 minutes. I can show you how your whole life is just you repeating your trauma. For, and now I'm going to give you an example. A woman called in the other day. The breakthrough calls that I do, uh, I do those to educate people on this process. And here's a woman who's a coach like me. She's looking for a mentor. And she's been through Tony Robbins, got certified, um, you know, has done tons of personal work, um, was very successful in advertising her whole career, worked for big major corporations and everything, and has now decided to be a coach. Well, she's struggling because she's a marketing expert, but she she gets impatient. She does a marketing video or something, and if she doesn't get an immediate reaction, she takes it down. Um, she also can't get motivated. She can't create the coaching base. So this is the process, and it's the same for you. I do this with everyone. I say, okay, well, I get them to tell me about the situations when when they're acting imperfectly and going against themselves, all right? and the impatience and all that. I ask them, bring those feelings up. It's not thoughts, it's feelings. And then I say, okay, where do you feel that in your body? It's right here. And I said, okay, first memory that pops into your mind. When do you remember that happening? Boom, she said, my divorce. Had this great marriage and all of a sudden he asked for a divorce. Just caught me by surprise. I said, okay, now that you remember that, what's your earliest memory of it? Well, childhood. See, as a child, she was completely ignored. The older sibling was the golden child. The younger sibling wasn't the golden child, but she was always being compared to those. Never had a voice, could never speak. No voice. Do you see why the pain's here? No voice. So she learned to make herself sick and hurt her whole life to control everybody. And so then she went and worked for all these marketing companies, part of a family, part of the voice, right? but never out on her own. Now she's trying to pursue her authenticity, who she's meant to be, and she's failing miserably. She doesn't see that it all ties back to the childhood trauma. Now, it was hard for her to accept that truth because she's been through all this training and all the training out there says, oh, it's your thoughts. The thought that my trauma from my childhood, you know, there's kind of some pushback. Oh, Freud, you must love Freud. It's like, well, no, this isn't Freud made a lot of mistakes. And, and there's a lot of differences as to what I talk about. But it's everybody. And that's the denial piece. I literally walked her right into the answer, saw the proof, and saw her face go white of the truth of it. And then, boom, the veil comes up. No, I don't want to admit this. Because what does that mean? I've spent, you know, she was 40s, 50 years old. I spent all this time learning that thought and learning all these other coaching programs. And now that means they're wrong. I have the wrong information. I don't want to admit that. That also means, wait a minute, my parents were imperfect and this is affecting me and I've lived my life with all of these, you know, pursuing these careers and things that victimize me. I don't want to admit that truth. No, denial. And so she just shut down, like the conversation ended. Like she was engaged, everything. As soon as I walked her into the answer, boom, that's the denial piece. And so she's going to continue that cycle until she runs out of pain. Well, go read my book. It, it lays out when you'll, when you'll end it. But so that's the first example. So the, that divorce, do you see the gift in the divorce? 
The divorce showed up. She picked a man who would leave her like that. No voice to remind her of her childhood, that she needed to go back and address it. Now she's picked a career, gone out on her own, trying to find her voice, like she's pushing herself towards it. She doesn't even realize she's going towards the answer. I provided her the answer, but nope, not ready for it. It happens to everybody. It's like, it's fascinating to me. I do these breakthrough calls, you know, and people just go, wham, shut down. Others are, if, if they're, where depending where they are on their process, they're like, oh my God, I finally got the answer. Like I can turn this around. Oh my God. It just depends where they are in their journey. And none of this is to shame them. Look, I was that person. That's how I figured it out. I, I lived this. I'll tell you my story. Um, and how, it's what helped me discover how all of this works. My first wife was physically and verbally abusive. And now we'll get into the abuse. And if you have been abused or being abused, you'll see why this is such a gift. All right. So there were several key factors to this first marriage of mine. The first one is at the time I was playing pro hockey and she's like, I don't think hockey, you know, I don't think our marriage will make it. So basically she gave me the choice, her or hockey. Well, what are we taught in love? If we love somebody, we give up everything, right? So I gave up hockey, my life, my dream. I gave it up for her. Well, we're going to get to what that means. The next thing is I gave up my family. She put me in this double bind. I had to pick her or my family. So I went 10 years without seeing or speaking to anyone in my family. None of them. All right. Then sexually in 10 years of marriage, we had 12 instances of intimacy and instance of intimacy would include any type of a hug or physical touch, any type of a compliment or kind word and any type of a sexual act. We had 12 of those. The last one was two and a half years before the divorce. We're getting ready to go to dinner. I was by the, we had this mirror by the front door and she said, your butt looks good in those jeans. That was the last moment of intimacy in the last two and a half years. And she was both physically and verbally abusive. Now, when I left that marriage, I would go on dates and tell the story. I said, oh, aren't I this great guy? I gave up hockey for her. I gave up my family for her. I gave up sex for her. And she beat me up. Now, all of that's true. But it's also not true. And this is the same case with you. You haven't seen how the worst day cycle brought you into this and the lesson you're trying to teach yourself from previous trauma that hasn't been healed. So I'm going to go through each one so you can see it. So why did I give up hockey for her? Well, as I see now, there are only a couple reasons I played hockey. One, as a child, I was never allowed to get angry. It was always my dad's job and my older brother's job. And so I picked two pro sports. I played hockey and golf. Who's to blame if I let a goal in? Me. Who can I yell at? Me. What if I hit a bad shot in golf? Me. It was the only place I could dump my anger. Secondly, because I've had this gift emotionally to see the world and it's what helped me discover all this stuff, the second I opened my mouth as a child, everyone in the family would squash me. I had no voice, just like the client or, you know, did the breakthrough call. And so I picked two sports where, look, a goalie doesn't even sit with the team. They're isolated on an island, right? What about golf? Even the crowd doesn't call. It doesn't, it doesn't talk. 
So I picked two pro sports to relive the isolation, the anger, and the inability to talk, right? Also, I had an older brother who'd beat the living hell out of me, and he'd force me. I used to have a newspaper article here in my office that talked about how my brother would force me into the net and shoot frozen tennis balls at my head. But Kenny figured something out, the article says. Kenny realized when he stopped his brother, it would piss him off. It was the only way I could ever get back at my brother. You see, I never wanted to play hockey, ever. Remember how the cycle works. Brain seeks what it knows. I repeated the self-abuse against myself. I picked careers where I couldn't speak, where I could only get angry at myself, and where I was getting pelted by a hard, frozen rubber disc going 100 miles an hour, just like my brother. I never wanted to play. Listen to athletes. Listen when they talk about why they play the sport. You'll hear about their trauma history. They're just reliving it. It's all, that, it's all we're ever doing until we heal it. So I picked somebody who would give me the choice and I could then play the martyr and the victim and go, oh, look, I gave it up for you. I'm this great guy. And I don't mean to shame you, but that's what you're doing too. Doesn't mean you're bad. You're doing the best you can with what you know. You don't know about the worst day cycle. You're not aware that you're doing it just like me. I wasn't aware. And so I used her to avoid my trauma. Well, it just took me, it's not that I used her to avoid it. It took me years to discover that I picked her and used her to teach myself, oh my God, I need to heal this. I need to go back. I've never dealt with that trauma from childhood. All right. So there's the hockey piece. What about the family? Divorcing the, basically I divorced my family for 10 years. Well, here I was in my mid twenties playing pro hockey and I'm living with my parents. See, my mom was an alcoholic. My dad was filled with rage. I was basically the emotional support system for both. It was a mix of codependence and what they call enmeshment. Well, I couldn't leave. So I picked somebody who would get me out of it. It was the only way I could get out of their house and get separate from them, break that trauma bond of a codependence and enmeshment. And again, I could play the victim and blame her. Remember how riots work. Remember how you know, we celebrate. We're victimizing ourselves, but we're pointing the finger at somebody else. So that's how I got out of that. Now, what about sex? Well, I found my mom passed out naked at 10 years old on the toilet in the middle of the night. And I'd come home from school with my friends and she'd be passed out naked on the floor. Sex scared the living hell out of me. Now, I was, I, when I was a kid and started drinking, I slept with everyone and everything. But now I was sober. I couldn't have sex. It scared the living hell out of me. I couldn't be intimate. So I picked somebody because of her own trauma history, couldn't have sex either. And once again, look at me. Aren't I this great guy? No, not at all. I wasn't a bad guy and you're not a bad person either. You're doing the best you can with the information you have, but you're stuck repeating the trauma that you haven't addressed. Just like me. Now, what about the final piece, the physical and verbal abuse? Well, like I said, my brother beat the hell out of me. He was huge. He could literally hold me by my head and just manipulate me. Nothing I could do. Well, as I say, have said before, have you ever been hit by a woman? Same thing, completely frozen, not a damn thing I could do. 
I was reliving it against myself. And so I picked somebody, look at how much that woman taught me about me. Now you want to tell me there's a problem with this woman? I mean, yes, there's, look, both sides, massive dysfunction. I'm manipulating. I mean, that's the truth. And this will be hard to hear. you If you haven't learned about the cycle and stuff, because the final piece is the forgiveness of, oh, no, I set all this up. I chose it. And once we go through that emotional mastery journey, we get to the other side where we go, well, how could I have chosen anything else? Look at what I went through in childhood. Like, duh, I'm not bad. Yes, it was manipulative that I picked this and played the martyr and the victim and, and, and you know, chose someone like this. I have to own that. That's just called being mature and adult. But it doesn't make me bad and it doesn't make you bad. And so I know for most people like, oh, I don't want to admit that. No, 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 it's them. But that's what keeps you a prisoner. That keeps you in purgatory. Because until we can totally own and go, God, he's right. That's exactly what I'm doing and what I did. From there, I can see, well, it could have been no other way. Look at childhood. I was stuck. I was frozen. Nobody taught about the worst day cycle. Nobody taught me this is what we do unless we heal our childhood trauma that every single one of us from the most successful to the least successful needs to do this work, or this is what our life will be. That's why the most successful people are the most broken. That's why their addiction levels and uh, divorce, they're all because they're trying to fill it with an outside process, but they're trying to fill that trauma hole. And so it doesn't make us bad. But once we go through that, then we can see like we can forgive ourselves. How could I have done anything different? And here's where the gift comes in. I adore that woman much more than I ever did. Like I see now, I never really liked her. I kind of liked her when we were friends, but as soon as we got together, we had about two weeks that were good. After that, 11 years of pure hell. I never liked her. I adore her now. Look at what she taught me about me. And here's what's even better. Based on who I was at the time, she loved me perfectly. I was only capable of a manipulative, self-victimizing choice in a relationship. And she joined me in that. She gave me the victimization I needed to teach myself, oh my God, this is what's going on. And that's what they're doing for you. Again, I don't condone what she did. And I don't condone what you're experiencing. But you pick them as a gift to show you, man, this is exactly what I went through in childhood. And I need to go heal that. And once I heal that, I can forgive myself. I can forgive her. She's He or she is my ticket out of this purgatory, out of this hell that I've been stuck in my whole life. That woman was perfect for me. That's why I dedicated my book to her, her both my wives, because I learned different aspects of the cycle and my own perfect imperfections, my own trauma history that I needed to heal. They never failed me. Literally, never. They didn't, uh, I'll just tell you about the first wife, what you just heard. You tell me where she failed me. Nowhere. Not even possible. She was perfect. Absolutely perfect. Loved me perfectly for the type of love I was able to receive at the time. Once I've done the trauma work, I no longer choose a partner like that. I choose somebody who doesn't treat me that way. But I wasn't developed enough. I had too much trauma that had never been dealt with. I didn't have emotional mastery. And so for where I was at the time, that was the best I could be. That was the best love I could accept. 
All right. And it's the same for you. Neither of you are bad. You're do both doing the best you can with where you are right now. And you have a choice. Do you want to go heal, learn emotional mastery and move past this? If you do, you'll see it's a gift. It's just like Michelle. I don't know if you've seen the coaching video I did. This is a year or two ago. Michelle was a client of mine who decided to do, you know, a public coaching session so people could see how this cycle works and learn from other people. And she came to, you know, the, the session we did on film was about she couldn't forgive her ex. She'd been to all the different programs out there, prayer, all of it. Couldn't get there. Well, her ex was an alcoholic who completely ignored her, never participated in the marriage, the kids, anything. Well, as I walked her, I don't have time to go through all the questions and show you how I walked her into the answer. But as she discovered, her mother, she, much like mine, her, found her mother throwing up in the rose garden and became the surrogate mother for the whole family. She gave up her whole childhood to take care of her mother and her brothers and sisters, cooking, cleaning at like six years old. She had no life. And so she picked a man who was just like her mother, screaming back at her that I need to go heal this. Now, what's beautiful is in that session, she was able, because like, remember I said, the, the woman in the breakthrough call, she couldn't get past the denial that, oh my God, it's my childhood. I, it's, and, and all the coaching I've learned, it's not thought, it's feeling. No, the denial was too heavy. She couldn't get there. But you watch Michelle. It's called How to Forgive Somebody in 23 Minutes. Watch the video on YouTube, How to Forgive Somebody in 23 Minutes. And you watch literally her whole face, everything. You see the burden of the inability to forgive because everyone, no one teaches the right process. If you can't forgive somebody, it's because you can't forgive yourself of how we played a self-victimizing role in the situation. And I walked her through that answer and you see it. She's like, oh my God, I get it. Like it was, it was breathtaking to sit across from her and just see I think she's in her 40s, early 40s, to see a lifetime of anger, resentment, pain, and lack of forgiveness just literally, it was like this aura just fell off of her. And this beautiful child and woman showed up right there on film. It was just captivating. So, <clears throat> the solution if you're in an abusive relationship or have been in an abusive relationship is to sit and contemplate, how is this replaying? It's a metaphor. What are the metaphors? You may not have been abused directly the same, but it's indirectly just like childhood. You feel it's feeling based. What are the exact same feelings? The frustration, the helplessness, hopelessness, powerlessness, empty, you're reliving the exact same feeling as you did back then. They are there to teach you that you need to go heal it. I'm not condoning it. I don't suggest that you condone it. I don't suggest that you stay, I, you know, depending on your situation. But you have picked them to show you that you need to go back and gain emotional mastery over the trauma from your past. Learn about the worst day cycle. Become an expert in your pain, in your trauma, fear, shame, and denial, and how you're reliving 
that process against yourself and you pick this person to be your teacher. They're a godsend. They are your gift. They are your treasure. And they will show you, they are showing you the pathway to forgiveness in yourself. And when you have that, you're free of them. You're free of the pain from both the present and the past. That's what it requires. Now, I know there can be fear of, oh, I don't want to look at my childhood or there's resistance. My childhood was great. Trust me. Go become an expert. Do the research, especially if you think your childhood is fine. It has nothing. It's not possible. Behavioral science and science shows we become our childhood. Everything in our life is a reflection of our childhood, good, bad, or indifferent. All of it. And until we become an expert as a society, we'll just repeat it over and over. And so I encourage you. I know how scary it is. I know how confusing it is. I know how it's like, God, this can't be right. I lived that journey. I know that. I ask you to give yourself the one thing you've never been given, grace. Grace. Be very patient with yourself. Be very kind with yourself. It's okay if you don't see it. Also recognize no matter how imperfect you've been, you're doing the best you could. You did the best you could, but nobody taught you this. You cannot be blamed for doing this when you weren't even aware you were doing it. You're not a bad person. You're beautiful. You are perfectly imperfect. You have a tremendous gift to share with the world. Tremendous light. And if you want to access that light, because we deserve your light too. We all deserve to see it. And if you want that light for yourself and for all of those that mean the most to you, I urge you become an expert in the worst day cycle. Become an expert in emotional mastery. And you'll see that even the worst situation, even an abusive situation, is always your greatest gift.